I've been thinking about this prayer stuff for a while, and it's really been on my heart. Um, I do have a scripture I want to start off with that I'll share with you. Um, It's one of my favorite. Malachi 3.16 and 17. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son. I think it's really encouraging to me because it shows me that God hears. And I think he writes it down. I think he, he's actively listening to what we have to say. Um, when I look at prayer, I think of it as a conversation, an, an interaction. Um, I, I pray expecting a response. It may not be the response I want or in the time that I want it or in the way that I want it. If any of you know my husband, Aaron, he's really quiet. Um, and usually I'll say something, and this, I'm like, so what do you want for dinner? I don't know. He never answers in the way that I want him to or in the time that I want him to. Um, but he does answer. Um, I think that I think we struggle with prayer. I think that we as a church in this body, I think as a larger church and a larger body, we struggle with um, the power of prayer and believing that one, God doesn't hear us. God doesn't care because why would he do that for me? And three, God doesn't answer prayers at all. And I want to discuss these a little bit um, by first defining prayer what um, the English dictionary says prayer means um, and what the Bible has to say about prayer. So, according to good old Webster's dictionary, the word pray or prayer originated in 1250-1300, coming from its Latin roots meaning to beg or the German and Gothic roots meaning to ask. The definition reads as this, to offer devout petition or request, praise, thanks, etc., to God or an object of worship, to hope or wish very much for something to happen. That was from the Internet. Um, thanks. Thanks, Google. Uh, it's actually not very far off from the Hebrew and Greek words for prayer, which translate to uh, beseech, to entreaty, and worship. Um, According to the Easton's Bible Dictionary, it states, prayer is conversing with God, a direct address to him. Prayer can be oral, mental, occasional, constant, spewed out, or formal. Um... That was their definition of prayer. And I I do have some um, scriptures, and I wish I had them up. Oh, maybe I do. Thank you, Bruce. Did you? Thanks, Ben. Were you on that? Oh, good. You guys are great. You guys are great. Um, So there were some scriptures that I I looked up and um, that I think will help us kind of 
have a better understanding of what prayer is. Uh, Prayer is a beseeching or imploring urgently to the Lord, such as Moses did. This is after the exile, and the people were worshiping a golden calf. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? That was Exodus 32:11. So he's kind of, that's an urgent prayer for the people, even though they're not really doing what they need to, but Moses is praying for them. We've recently studied for Samuel, and so if you remember Hannah's prayer, she was barren, she was distraught, she was depressed. Prayer is a pouring out of the soul before the Lord, like Hannah did in 1 Samuel 1.15. She pours out her soul so much that the priest thinks she's drunk. And she says, not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I've not been drinking beer or wine. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Prayer is a drawing near to God and being honest with God. Like Christy was talking about when she preached. Hebrews 10.22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And prayer is an act of worship, a bowing of the knees to God. Psalms 95, 6-7, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. That's from the Bible. (laughs) Um, I think that a lot of us are jaded by church. I think a lot of us here at SCUM, in particularly, but I think a lot of people are jaded by church and jaded by prayer. I don't think that we take prayer seriously. Um, I think we think it's religious, and it's become ritualistic. I want to share a couple uh, stories. Um, One about a story that Aaron, my husband, shared with me just yesterday, actually. And then my personal experiences with prayer. Um, My husband and I have actually known each other since we were just little guys, like... 13 and 11, um, or something like that. And we were in the same youth group. And his story is from this experience in the youth group. He was, he was jaded by this. And I have no recollection of it. So it shows you like how we experience things differently and how we take them to heart differently. Um, the youth group that we were involved in, uh, they had all the teens keep a log of prayer. You had to write down when you prayed and what you prayed, and they kept track of it. And they kept track of it. They wanted to see if the teens were praying, but they did it in a way that they, in a sense, they pressured the kids to pray rather than cultivating this heart thing, you know. They, they said, well... You know, surely you have 10 minutes to pray, right? I mean, you're spending all this other time playing video games, playing with your friends, hanging out. You know, 
if it was me eating dinner at several different people's places in one night, you know, that's how I filled my time. But they said, surely you have 10 minutes to pray, right? And I mean, they're right. I mean, all these things, we fill our time up, you know, essentially, yeah, we, what's 10 minutes, you know? Um, but they, it, it wasn't really what Aaron needed to hear at that time. And he was jaded. He didn't take prayer seriously. And it took him a long time to heal from that. He said that he thought um, prayer was silly. It felt like he was just sitting around talking to nothing and really expecting huge changes and not seeing any change at all. Um, So it took him a while to heal from that. I think that he healed through time, through experiences, um, through hearing other people's stories, through scripture, and also seeing God show up in really big ways in his life. Um, The past couple years, he has had severe um, heart issues. It's hospitalized him twice. He almost died. It was so intense. Um, But it was a time that he saw God in an obvious way, in a huge way. And so him, him learning and growing and and healing and seeing God in the big things, he says now it's more of an acknowledgement of God in everything, down to the small stuff, always trying to be mindful of God and not just looking for the big stuff and expecting huge change. Um, So that is Aaron's prayer transformation. And I've had my experiences with prayer too. For me, I'm... I'm more of a rule follower. If you tell me what to do, I'll do it most of the time, you know. Depends on what it is. But if you tell me, you know, you got to pray. It's so important to pray. I'll say, okay, I'll pray. I'll do it. And so I, that's what I did. I, I prayed in my, my transformation or my change was more, um, from a prayer of, God, I'll do whatever you want. Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Two, God, I don't want to do it. This sucks. I hate it. I'm not going to do it. That, that It changed. There was a shift from this one-way relationship of just tell me what to do, God, to an interacting, to an engaging with the Lord. Um. I'm four and a half months pregnant. Yeah. And um, Aaron and I didn't think we could get pregnant. This is, um, this is five and a half years of waiting and not thinking that we could. And I prayed to God, um, why can't I have a baby? Don't you trust me? You say that your children are a gift. A heritage. I can do it. I can do that. It was a huge shift in my prayer life. That I was able to be honest with God. And not that I don't want God's will to be done. I, I do. I mean, he has his best 
for me. I know that because I've tried my best and it never works out. Um, So I know he has his best. And I'm not saying that there's a formula to get your prayers answered. That is not what I'm saying. There is no certain way to pray or you don't have to argue with God or wait five and a half years to get what you want. Um, It is always at the will of the Father that our prayers can be answered. Um, But I want you to know that it's possible, that miracles are possible, that he does hear us and he cares. He loves us and he responds. Prayer is interactive. And I want to end by reading from a children's Bible. Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones, illustrated by Jago. I think um, I'm constantly reminded of the simplicity of who God is. That's how he speaks to me. And I think this is really simple, but really profound. And this is from Matthew chapter 6. And it's paraphrased, children's Bible. Uh, the pictures are great. I wish you could see the pictures. If you want to see them later, you can. I think they're awesome. Um, and this is when Jesus is, is uh, this is the Lord's Prayer. So this is when Jesus is preparing them and telling them how to pray. In those days, there were some extra super holy people. At least that's what they thought. And they were called Pharisees. Every day, they would stand out there in the middle of the street and pray out loud in big, extra, super holy voices. They really weren't praying so much as just showing off. They used lots of special words that were so clever, no one understood what they meant. People walking by would stop and stare, which might sound rude, except that's exactly what the extra, super holy people wanted. They wanted everyone to say, look at them. They're so holy. God must love those people best. Now, you and I both know they were wrong. God doesn't just love holy people. But the people walking by weren't so sure. Perhaps you did have to be really clever or good or important for God to love you. Perhaps you had to know lots of difficult, clever words to speak to God. So one day, Jesus taught people how to pray. He said, when you pray, don't pray like those extra, super holy people. They think if they say lots of words, God will hear them. But it's not because you're so clever or good or so important that God will listen to you. God listens to you because he loves you. Did you know that God is always listening to you? Did you know that God can hear the quietest whisper deep inside your heart, even before you've started to say it? Because God knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him, Jesus told them. You see, God just can't wait to give you all that you need. So you don't need to use long words or special words. You don't have to use a special voice. You just have to talk. So when you pray, pray in your normal voice. 
Just like when you're talking to someone you love very much. Like this. Hello, Daddy. We want to know you and be close to you. Please show us how. Make everything in the world right again. And in our hearts, too. Do what is best, just like you do in heaven. And please do it down here, too. Please give us everything we need today. Forgive us for doing wrong, for hurting you. Forgive us just as we forgive other people when they hurt us. Rescue us. We need you. We don't want to keep running away and hiding from you. Keep us safe from our enemies. You're strong, God. You can do whatever you want. You are in charge now and forever and for always. We think you're great. Amen. Yes, we do. You see, Jesus was showing people that God would always love them with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. So they didn't need to hide anymore or be afraid or ashamed. They could stop running away from God and they could run to him instead as a little child runs into her daddy's arms. God, thanks that you are our father. Thanks that we get to be here and we get to be together. Thanks that we get to commune with you and that you commune with us that we get to have this relationship with you. God, you do love us so much and thank you for loving us and thank you for hearing us. We love you a lot. Amen.